0: The points that I really want to drive home to women, especially in their 20s, when I say that everything you do now is going to have an impact on you when you're 41, 44, 45, and when you're pushing 50, because If we can make our best efforts in our 20s and 30s, our 40s are going to be drastically different. And yet the story is right now that being 45 sucks, that perimenopause is the worst thing ever. And we have got to change that narrative because we have significant control over so many aspects of our health. And yet we've been so disempowered and led to believe otherwise.
1: Welcome back. To the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective, natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. So, what if I told you that you have been told some pretty crazy myths around your period and your menstrual cycle? And I know. It is hard to believe that it is the year 2020 and we are still confused about how our menstrual cycle works and what is going on with our period. What is up with that? Well, today I want to know, are you ready to debunk these myths? Because the first myth and the very common myth that I grew up believing, this was the period myth that really rocked my world back in the day, was that I could get pregnant anytime during my cycle. Now, this myth came from my grandmother, my mother's mother, and my mother believed it too. And I cannot tell you how scared I was of getting pregnant when I was in college in my early 20s, and I went to great lengths to not get pregnant pregnant. That meant hormonal birth control. And that leads me to the second common myth that I believed that actually started in high school with all of the magazines that I was reading, all of the commercials that I was seeing. And that was that hormonal birth control can not only regulate my menstrual cycle and get it back on track, but it can pretty much solve any other issue that I've got going on as a young woman, including my pretty serious PMS. So during college at the age of 18, I got on hormonal birth control and I'll tell you what, it went downhill real quick from there. I felt like a crazy person on the pill. I immediately gained 10 pounds out of nowhere. I couldn't control my moods. I was bloated all the time and I had severe headaches pretty much every single week. I felt like I was on a roller coaster of mood swings and I did not feel like myself anymore. Now these symptoms were persistent and they lasted for a little over a year until I finally decided to break up with birth control at the age of 20 and I never looked back until my 30s. Now at age 32, I was in a relationship with my husband, Alex, and we were engaged and I decided to try the copper IUD without synthetic hormones because there is an IUD that doesn't have synthetic hormones in it. And I thought and hoped that maybe this method would be better because I wasn't manipulating my hormones with fake substances. But the experience was pretty much the same, except that I got extra symptoms like severe heavy bleeding, periods that lasted eight to nine days, and my migraines came back with a vengeance. Needless to say, I made it a full nine months before I had the IUD taken out, and I never, ever used hormonal birth control or an IUD again. Now I share this with you because I have a feeling that you or someone that you know have been told some of the similar myths that I had been told about my period, birth control and fertility. And today, I brought on one of my besties, the period fixer, Nicole Jardim, to debunk some of the biggest period myths out there and really dial in why it's so important to honor our body, why it's so important to track our cycle so that we can not only know how our bodies function, but also we can upgrade our health. Now, before I bring Nicole on, I have a super wonderful little resource I'm super excited to share with you today to help support your hormone journey right now as we are in this shelter-in-place situation. I created this perfect little hormone cheat sheet for you with six of my favorite hormone support remedies that have been serving me so much right now. These are remedies for dealing with emotional eating, dealing with being stressed out, mood swings, brain fog, fatigue, and so much more. And this is why I created this for you. When it comes to having a rescue plan in place for hormonal imbalance, or just feeling like things aren't right right now, I have found that essential oils are one of the perfect little things to give you an instant win, and literally shift the way that your body's functioning in a matter of minutes the results that you will experience will be immediate and transformational. I mean, you can go from feeling like a zombie to an energy goddess in like 60 seconds or less. And who doesn't want that? I know I want that. I literally want that every single day. Now these six hormone balancing recipes address sleep issues, fatigue, sugar cravings, brain fog, hot flashes, and mood swings. And I have a feeling that you are probably checking the box on one of those right now. Now, today, personally, when I look at those recipes, I've used my instant energy blend because I told you I could use a little extra energy every single day, and I use my banish brain fog blend as well because I am in the middle of writing my manuscript. It is due at the end of this month, and I am a writing machine, and so I need to have my brain working at full capacity. So if you are ready to create some hormone balance with powerful essential oil recipes and remedies... Grab this little cheat sheet. It's so perfect. It's so easy. You'll find it in the show notes for episode 186 or just go to drmarisa.com slash hormone blends. All right. Now that you've got this really epic, great resource that you can begin to use immediately, let's jump into this amazing conversation with Nicole. But before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Nicole is a certified women's health coach and the creator of Fix Your Period, a series of programs that empower women to reclaim their hormone health using the methods that combine simplicity and sass. Her incredible work has impacted thousands of women worldwide and has effectively addressed things like PMS, PCOS, and infertility, and so much more. She is the co-host of the Period Party podcast, which is amazing. If you haven't gone and listened to the Period Party podcast, go and check it out. Her co-creator is another bestie of mine, Dr. Nat Kragungas. And Nicole, as of today, literally today, she is the author of the book, Fix Your Period, and I cannot tell you how incredible this book is. So if you are having any type of struggle with your menstrual cycle, you're trying to get your fertility back on sync, this is the book for you. It's called Fix Your Period, and it's available now wherever books are sold. So if you want to pause this episode and go grab that book, you have my full permission. So let's bring Nicole on. Welcome, Nicole Jardim, to the Essentially You podcast. How are you doing today, girl? Hi, Marisa. Thank you for having me. I am doing okay. Oh, I know. I know we are going through a lot of trial and tribulations right now. I am so proud of you and all the incredible work that you've been doing, though, continuing to educate women about how to own their periods. And I cannot tell you how beyond a place i am about your book i have read it almost cover to cover to this point it is one of the most comprehensive books on how to fix your period that i have ever come across and before we get into all of that and literally common we're going to be debunking common myths around our periods because there are so many but before we do that i just want to have you just share a little bit about kind of that defining moment for you, Nicole, that, that had you decide that this was the work that you wanted to do in the world?
0: Well, I would say that there were probably multiple defining moments, but there was one in particular, <laughs> and it goes back decades. I was the teenager who had awful periods. They were super heavy, super painful, the type that would make you throw up and not want to go to school because you were so afraid of leaking through your school uniform. And I know any teenager can definitely relate. And I'm sure many adult women are listening to this and just shuddering, thinking about that time in their lives. It certainly does that to me. And for years, I struggled with all of these issues. And then at one point, I started having periods that would just show up every three or four months. And I had no idea why. Of course, my mom had no idea why. And finally, I just went and saw her OBGYN. And rather than exploring what the problem could be, she just immediately put me on the birth control pill. And at the time, I thought, amazing. I don't even care anymore. This thing is going to give me my life back. And that it did. I went from having these ridiculous periods to having a period every single month that was not heavy at all, that was not at all painful, that did not cause crazy mood swings. And I finally felt stable and to the point where I could live my life again. And I had that, you know, I I was on the pill for years, about five years or so. And it was, it was one of those things where initially everything was great. And Then I started to notice other symptoms and it was those other symptoms that ballooned into what I consider to be my early 20s, you know Life crash because I started feeling chronically sick I always felt like I had a cold. I had horrible gut health issues. My hair was falling out I was developing melasma all over my skin, which was super embarrassing. And then I was developing chronic UTIs and yeast infections. You know, I get one here or there, and then suddenly I was getting one almost every month, or at least it felt that way. And eventually I got to the point where I... Took a medication for UTI that was prescribed for me. It probably was like the billionth time I'd received one of those, and it happened to be a different one than normal, and I happened to be allergic to it. And I ended up going to the ER, and I'm bright red, red like a tomato. My fever is, I don't know, 101, 102, somewhere around there. And I'm admitted, and they tell me that I'm having an allergic reaction to this medication. And it was really in that moment that I realized that I just couldn't do this anymore. There was no way I could continue. to live my life in a way where I was constantly searching outside of myself for solutions. And pretty much like the next day or the day after, I saw a friend at school because I was still in college and she suggested I see my acupun- her acupuncturist and I did. And he completely transformed my life. I mean, he changed my whole perspective on conventional medicine and the birth control pill and what it was actually doing in my body and why I had all of these seemingly unrelated symptoms that no doctor could really ever you know, connect the dots on. And that was it. That was my moment. And I I ended up getting more and more interested in this work and just started to, I decided to study to be a health coach. And then I took further training in women's hormonal health. And I studied to be a certified women's health coach after that. So it was, it was really a kind of organic process, but it took many years to get to the point where I realized that all of this was, you know, all of my life story was really leading me up to this point.
1: Mm. That is definitely a defining moment where you're on these medications, they're having massive side effects. I mean, how many times have that happened to each and every one of us where it's not actually even solving the problem? And and talking about the elephant in the room, kind of the big magic pill that many of us are convinced are solving the problem is birth control. So can we bring that up as myth number one, that birth control is solving or balancing your hormones in any way?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. This is the biggest issue I think that women of reproductive age experience right now because the pill is, you know, that we joke that it's like the pill for all female health ills. And it really is that. It's a huge problem because when you go to the doctor and you have heavy periods or you have painful periods or you have no periods, whatever, it doesn't matter. You have acne. Um, irregular cycles, you're always going to be recommended a hormonal birth control option. That's, I mean, not always, but in most cases, that's what's going to happen. And so when that happens, you're essentially just replacing the hormones that your body might make in, because it's going through the natural cycle of your menstrual cycle on a monthly basis with hormones that are in, in this pill form. And so these hormones are not really hormones. They're actually Well, they're synthetic hormones. So they're basically like drugs. And as a result, you're replacing your body's endogenous hormones with these exogenous hormones. And we have really no idea how they're going to impact us until we start taking them. Because of course, women's bodies are all different and we all need to be taking a nuanced approach to our health. And so as a result, You end up in a situation where maybe your period completely disappears instead of it regulating, or you start developing acne or mood swings or gut health issues or melasma on your face like me or hair loss. I mean, there are multiple side effects. And that all comes back to the fact that the mechanism of the pill is that it shuts off ovulation. So it turns off this vital process that's happening in our bodies. And this vital process actually is responsible for the production of really critical hormones that are so important for our health that we have just downplayed for so many decades. I mean, we just, we sort of view ovulation as being this optional thing when in fact, it really isn't and shouldn't be because ovulation drives the production of estradiol, estrone, estriol. These are all types of estrogen. It also drives progesterone, testosterone, and these are all hormones that not only play a role in your fertility and your menstrual cycle, but they also contribute to your brain health, your mood function, your bone health your skin and your hair. I mean, there are multiple aspects to these hormones and how they contribute to your health.
1: Mm. I know so often, I cannot tell you how many articles you and I have both seen where we, they talk about, is ovulation even necessary? And yes, it's, it's the main event, you know, you want to feel more calm and relaxed. You want that progesterone surge. You've got to ovulate. So talk to me a little bit about, can you give me and break down ovulation and why it is so critical and why, if we're not ovulating, you know, our cycle is completely off. What kind of impact does that have on, on our body as a whole?
0: Yes. I really love this question because I feel like we have never really been taught how our bodies work, right? Periods 101. Nobody really knows this stuff. And I constantly hear from women when they either work with me or they discover my work that they are just they are flabbergasted by the fact that they're whatever, 25, 37, 45. And nobody has ever really explained how their bodies actually work in a way that first of all is understandable and secondly in a way that really shows them that this is, is you know this is quite a an undertaking that your body has you know goes through every single month and yet we're just we're just sailing through life and it's just not something that we know about and so when it comes to ovulation and the whole process that happens I think it's important for everyone to understand, first of all, that a typical cycle you know, runs anywhere from 25 to 35 days long. And so that's the first thing that we should all know about. Uh, some women have cycles that are 38, 40, 45 days long. I don't really love to see that. That to me indicates that ovulation is just happening way later in your cycle. And as a result, you're getting your period way later than you probably should. So 25 to 35 day cycle and a period that's somewhere between three and seven days, those are considered the norm. And when we're talking about how the cycle is broken up, we have the follicular phase, ovulation, the luteal phase, and then we have the menstruation phase where you're actually getting your period. And what's so fascinating about all of this is that ovulation is, you know, like we were saying, the main event, right? It's not your period at all. Mm -hmm. And in fact, we need to be focused on that.
1: Yes, absolutely. Go on. Right? (laughs) Yes.
0: So what's really interesting is that in that follicular phase, right after your period, well, this actually happens even before your period ends, you have these follicles on your ovaries and they start maturing because your brain is sending FSH, which is follicle-stimulating hormone, makes sense, to your ovaries. So it's telling those little follicles, get ready because we're going to choose one of you to ovulate. And so that happens somewhere around day eight of the menstrual cycle, of a, a cycle that is you know, within that... A range that I just described. So there's a chosen follicle from that group and it starts to dominate. And then what will happen is estradiol will continue to rise because those follicles are still making estradiol and it's going to tell your brain to slow down FSH production. And then it's going to crank up. Something called LH or luteinizing hormone. And so this hormone stimulates the production of testosterone, which is really great because that triggers our lovely libidos to go to, yeah, rise and get higher during this, you know, that phase of your cycle when we're moving into ovulation. And, you know, and that plays a supporting role in ovulation too. So we have ovulation approaching. Estrogen is rising, which is amazing. Testosterone is rising. We feel really amazing physically and emotionally for the most part. And when ovulation actually happens, it's really a very short window. It's actually not long at all. And yes, this is the main event, but our bodies require a great deal of energy and resources in order to make this happen. When you think about it, the egg that's released from your follicle it will you know start to travel down your fallopian tube but what's so cool is that that follicle that's left it turns into something called a corpus luteum and that corpus luteum actually starts to Secrete progesterone. And so that's how we make progesterone in our cycles. If you don't ovulate, you're really not making progesterone and you're missing out on all the incredibly protective benefits of this hormone. Neuroprotective, brain, which is brain uh, protective, and so much more. Bone health, like I was saying, heart health. I mean, I could go on.
1: Emotional well being.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And yeah,
1: I'm sure you can add like a million more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So true. Oh my goodness. So that's, I mean, I know that, you know, at the thing that we think about is our, is actually menstruation because it's the, it's so interesting how we can kind of focus on what feels like the most uncomfortable or most negative part of our cycle. But the part that we really should be focusing on and recognizing is ovulation and whether it's going down or not. Now in that, I know that so many women reach out to you and me every single day, trying to figure out, what are some of the common maybe not even well-known reasons for having irregular periods like what if I am having a much longer time between ovulation what if my cycle is in the in into the late 30s like 30 day 38 days 45 days what could be happening there because you and I both know that our cycle is a key indicator of what's going on in the body and that our menstrual cycle isn't sabotaging us it's your cycle did not decide to wake up one day and not work for you. It's something's going on that's causing those hormones to not work properly.
0: Oh, girl, I could not have said it better. I completely agree with that. And I think that we really need to be cognizant of the fact that our bodies really are always working for us and never against us. And they're absolutely doing the best that they can with the raw materials that they're getting. And so this is why you know my work and your work is so inherently focused on getting the right food into your diet and uh, addressing your lifestyle issues that could be contributing to your overall health and thinking about the environmental toxins you're exposed to and your stressors and all the things. So yes, like all of that is comes wrapped in the pretty period package as far as I'm concerned when it comes to having a healthy cycle. And one of the biggest causes for this type of irregular ovulation, these longer cycles or totally irregular cycles out of that 25 to 35 day window is polycystic ovary syndrome, which is an inflammatory endocrine disorder that prevents those ovarian follicles that I was just talking about from reaching that ovulation stage. So they kind of just get stunted. And that's because there is an imbalance in the hormones that are communicating between the brain and the ovaries. So this will cause a delay in ovulation and possibly even prevent it in many cases. And then of course, we either have very irregular periods, or we have no periods at all, or we just bleed constantly. It depends on your genetics and the you know your current circumstances how your body will respond to this endocrine disorder. But it is the most common endocrine disorder in the world and it is the leading cause of ovulatory infertility. So it is very important I think that women know about it. And so what's interesting with with a, a condition like this is that you know in many cases it is rooted in excess or high blood sugar and excess insulin. And excess insulin will actually raise LH. So that's that second hormone that comes from the brain that will trigger ovulation. And so this actually will cause your ovaries to produce more androgens, like more testosterone, for instance, and less of the estradiol that it would usually make that would then tell the brain to, do, to send the next set of hormones. So when that feedback loop is, is disrupted then your eggs don't grow adequately on your ovaries and you run into problems, like I said, and you start to see what they call cysts on your ovaries. The thing is those cysts are not actually cysts. They're just, uh, they're follicles that have just not adequately developed and haven't gotten the right hormonal cues.
1: Mm. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you gave a little bit of a distinction there because I know we talk so much about polycystic ovarian syndrome and how there's all these cysts on our ovaries. And it's not true. It's just like you said, there are these follicles that have not been given the right hormones to actually stimulate in the way that our cycle does every single month. Um, And I don't think people recognize that the amount of sugar or processed carbohydrates that we're consuming or stress, a combination of the two, could be negatively impacting the way that our menstrual cycle works. No,
0: I don't think we do. I think it's really interesting when we realize that connection. I kind of I have a little mini joke in my book about, you know, that cookie is impacting your ovaries, and no, I'm not kidding. And we I think that we have become so disconnected from how our bodies actually work, how our endocrine system functions, that we don't realize that every single Piece of food that goes into our mouth is either supporting our endocrine system or it's harming it. And I think the other disconnect, too, is that hormones are these chemical messengers and they are in communication with all of your endocrine glands. I mean, that's how your endocrine glands communicate with each other, really, all day, every day. And so you've got all of these hormones. And then on top of that, we have hormone feedback loops, meaning that like what I described, your brain talks to your ovaries, then your ovaries talk to your brain, depending on what the brain has just said to the ovaries. And that that is the same for your adrenal glands, your thyroid gland. It's the same for your pancreas as well. What's interesting though, is that all of those hormones that are created by these endocrine glands will then have impacts on other hormones. So your insulin will definitely impact your adrenal glands, your thyroid, your ovaries and your ovarian hormones are usually the ones that get that are at the very bottom of the hormonal hierarchy. <laughs> They're the ones unfortunately that get impacted the most by everything else and have what I feel like is the least influence because Because when you think about fertility and you think about reproduction, that's really at the bottom of the list of survival priorities. Our bodies were not designed at all to prioritize procreation when we're in a state of danger. In fact, your body basically goes into shutdown mode and it will turn off the processes in your body that are not deemed essential, kind of like what we're in right now in the real world. And as as a result, we end up in a situation where... Unbeknownst to us, our you know, our, our menstrual cycles and our reproductive function is you know is slowly being shut down when we're in a state of stress, whether that's psychological stress or physical stress or whatever ongoing stressor we're contending with, and then you know it ceases to work properly. But what we think is, oh, our bodies are just punishing us, but it actually is an intricately designed system designed
1: to protect us. Mm. 100%. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. I know we spoke about the insulin connection and how it can shut down estradiol production and increase androgen production leading to something like um, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then you mentioned a little bit of the hierarchy and how, yeah, our ovaries, our reproductive you know, endocrine glands kind of get the back seat all the time, especially right now, you know, right now we're recording this in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, you and I have talked about over, over many different conversations is how this isn't doing our hormones any good. Like this is not so serving us in any way because we are constantly being triggered into stress. And cause there's a lot of unknown. I mean, you and I just literally spoke about how There are great dates for us. And then there's not so great dates for us because it all still feels like very unknown territory, even, even for us. And we know all this information. So speak to me about this particular component of what is, what is that other kind of, you know, that, that not well-known uncommon player, the stress and our cortisol hormones, our cortisol and our norepinephrine, our epinephrine, there they are. (laughs) I'm like, where are those hormones in my mind? (laughs) Talk to me about that hormone cascade and how that's impacting our our, um, periods as well.
0: Oh, yes, girl. I know, right? It's just there are a lot of hormones to consider. So I know, right? It's it's overwhelming on a good day. And I think that that's one of the, the biggest issues that we experience with regard to our endocrine systems is How does this all work? And what the heck is even going on? And when we talk about that brain conversation with our ovaries, remember that the brain is also communicating with your thyroid, your adrenal glands, your pancreas. I mean, every endocrine gland in your body, well, your brain's really communicating with everything in your body. But what is so fascinating about stress is that it impacts your menstrual cycle on multiple levels, at least the hormones that are needed to get your menstrual cycle going and keep it working. And so the first place that it it has that impact is your hypothalamus. So for everyone who doesn't know, your hypothalamus is endocrine gland in your brain that is essentially like hormonal headquarters right it's busy scanning your body and scanning the the outside world for any kind of imbalance or sense of danger or anything like that so that it can then communicate to the rest of your body to respond in an appropriate way and what's fascinating is that cortisol that stress hormone that's that is the stress hormone that sticks around just so everyone knows because there are other stress hormones too like you were just saying Marisa you know that at the at Epinephrine and norepinephrine, but those ones are those disappear pretty fast. Like they're for the acute stressors. Cortisol is meant to keep you, uh, you know, just in that fight or flight survival mode. If all day, it.
1: every day, <laughs>
0: exactly. I know. So <laughs> Twenty four <fun>. seven. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and I know, right? I mean just so everyone knows your body really was designed perfectly. It's just the world that we happen to live in is not so perfect. And so cortisol actually has a dampening effect on the secretion of something called gonadotropin releasing hormone or GNRH for short. And so GNRH is actually the hormone that's responsible for your pituitary gland releasing FSH and LH, like I was talking about earlier. So as a result, you have this lower GNRH. And so that means your pituitary maybe isn't getting the right signal to release FSH and LH in the appropriate amounts. And and then what happens is your pituitary is not getting the right signal. And interestingly, the cortisol actually has, it actually will Dampen the production of LH and FSH as well from the pituitary gland. So it has this multifactorial effect. So it'll affect the hypothalamus and then it'll affect the pituitary. And again, this is always your body trying to protect you, right? Because if it does ever think that it's in ongoing danger, it will never want you to get pregnant in a situation like that. So it really is, it has been designed in a way to protect us, but I recognize that in our society, it just doesn't really feel that way. And then what What's even worse is that even if your FSH and LH manage to get to your ovaries and start working their little magic on those follicles, interestingly, cortisol can actually block them, making your ovaries slightly resistant to the effects of these hormones. So... It's crazy because some of us might feel completely fine, but our bodies might not. We might have an interpretation of stress that you know we are not really, we're not really aware of or feeling, but our bodies feel. So it's
1: certainly something to think about. It is something to think about. And then compounding on top of that, just a quick mention what what cortisol can do to our thyroid hormone. I mean, if we are in a survival state or in a perceived survival state, we absolutely need to rev up that metabolic system. And then also we end up co-elevating blood glucose levels as well. And so it's a lot of things that go down that then also each of those in their own right have implications on our reproductive system too. And so just kind of bringing to light kind of what it looks like. And kind of when we look at those dominant hormones like cortisol and our thyroid hormone, even insulin, how they can play such a major role. And again, we don't think about them, sometimes very not known, and how they can have an impact on our, on our menstrual cycle. And this is exactly what the book is doing. You know, your book is just so incredible. I cannot tell you how excited I am about it because it literally, you have full on sections on liberty toxification. You've got a full on section on how to get your insulin levels back on track. You've got, you know, on, on self-care, on mental health, on, on nutrition and nutrient deficiencies. I mean, all these things play a role. What I hope that everyone takes, from this conversation is how important the menstrual cycle is for women in particularly, because it is the moment sign that something isn't right in your body. And that is the moment to listen. It's not the moment to go to your general practitioner and ask for the pill or ask for the manure or whatever it is. This is the moment for you to decide, you know what, I want to take ownership of this. I want to know what's going on with my body. Because I know inherently that this pill isn't going to fix anything. And, you know, come 5, 10, 15 years when I finally come off it, what's going to be the status of my body? What's going to be the status of my health? Um, Because I never actually addressed any of those issues. So are there other component pieces, Nicole, inside of the book that you are personally super excited about? Like these aha moments that you personally had that you're excited for your reader to have too?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I am... I feel as though when I was in my early 20s I never was I never was able to get the answers that I needed. I had all of these questions about my health, what was normal, what was not, and there was really no one who was able to give me answers and it wasn't until I finally saw that acupuncturist that I, I was able to grasp the intricacies of what was going on, how my entire body felt like it had been affected by this one little pill that I was taking every day. And so it allowed me to to connect the dots. And that was what I wanted to create in this book. I have heard from thousands of women over the years that they have not been able to get the answers that they need in order to move forward with a solution. And as a result, you know they've just felt stuck in perpetual period limbo. And I really wanted to change that. So that's why I created the six-week protocol in the book. And I also prefaced the book. The first three chapters, pretty much, are educational. So they're telling you exactly what a period should look like what's normal, what's not. I talk about this hormonal hierarchy, which I actually really am excited about because again, we don't realize how other hormones are impacting other hormones. (laughs) And so as a result, we are just completely feeling around in the dark for most of our lives with regard to not only our hormonal health, but how our periods actually work, how our fertility works, how ovulation works. And I feel like I sought to answer those questions, all of those questions in
1: the book. Oh, you did. Oh my goodness. And (laughs) you and I, I'm not going to talk about how old we are specifically, but we are (laughs) heading into, you and I are heading into perimenopause. Oh, girl, we are that spectrum, that perimenopause into menopause spectrum is really where, I mean, I know that we see girls, young girls, and even young women in our teens and our twenties struggling with our periods, but I feel like things really begin to hit the fan at another level, um, in our forties and into our fifties. And I think, I know for a fact, I believe that what you have in this book, is going to serve women in their 40s just as much as it's going to serve women in their 20s. You know, you talk about estrogen dominance, you talk about the liver pathways, you talk about the estrobolum, you talk about heavy menstrual cycles, because we know that we see a lot of that in perimenopause. And so I just want to just gear that up. You know, as I'm writing and finishing my manuscript right now and I was reading over your book, I was like, oh my gosh, so many of the things that I'm speaking about inside of my manuscript, th- these are the things, these are those again, those kind of unknown solutions or unknown causes that are driving hormonal imbalance really at any any particular age. And if we can just get our minds wrapped around those solutions, we can set ourselves up for our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, and even beyond. And that's what I love so much about this book is it's timeless for any of us at any phase in our life. We can open this book and we we have that six-week solution to kind of dive into.
0: I love that you just said that because I completely agree. I think that we're on a menstrual life cycle. There's a continuum and it starts with puberty and of course ends with menopause. And it's not like those two events are the biggest, worst parts of things. And if we are not taking care of ourselves equally in every decade, we're going to feel it later on. I mean, that is one of the The points that I really want to drive home to women, especially in their 20s, when I say that everything you do now is going to have an impact on you when you're 41, 44, 45, and when you're pushing 50. Because when you think about hormonal resilience and the fact that if you are taking care of yourself, if you're doing your best, I know that life is a lot and especially now it's ridiculous. And if you're not doing the things that you were doing before to take care of your health and your hormones, trust me, I get it. But I think that generally speaking, If we can make our best efforts in our 20s and 30s, our 40s are going to be drastically different. And yet the story is right now that being 45 sucks, that perimenopause is the worst thing ever. And we have got to change that narrative because we have significant control over so many aspects of our health. And yet we've been so disempowered and led to believe otherwise.
1: 100% agree that we've been told, we've been sold the bill of goods that it's just going to be a crap ride that we're about to embark in. And it just doesn't have to look that way. And I think the more that we pay attention to our bodies, the more that we listen, even right now, I know you and I, you know, all of us, all of these women were kind of, it's rough waters and just kind of pay attention to your cycle. Like based on what happened last month, how are you doing this month? You know, I know I always know You know, there's an inherent knowing that you didn't take care of yourself. I didn't sleep enough. I overworked. I was, I definitely had some, some stress moments. And, you know, and then walks in PMS, you know, those first couple of days before my period hits. And oh my gosh, girl, it's, it's no surprise that I feel the way that I feel. And I just take a little reflective, time back at the month before and think to myself like were you good to you did you nourish your body the right way did you do your self-care did you get at least seven hours of sleep and when I'm not checking off any of those boxes it's no surprise to me that my cycle that next month is it, it's a little bit more tumultuous than it was the month before and I think us just knowing that us tracking that you've got such great tools in the book for that listening to our bodies recognizing and just kind of taking an assessment of what's Happening when our menstrual cycle or when our period actually comes into play, and are there things that we can do to adjust that? Are there ways that we can love up on our body and then see what happens in the next month? I mean, here's the deal: you will you will continue to get your period.
0: (laughs) Yes. And it will continue to tell you what's up. And it will I think continue, that's the thing, right? It's got a lot of information if we're yes. willing to listen.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's either it's irregular, it's consistent, it's you know, it's and it's going to keep giving you information. And the beautiful thing is, is now you have a resource to take that information and to apply what you learn in the book to actually what's going on in your body. So Nicole, I'm so so grateful to you for. I know how long it took you to write this book. I know you poured everything into this book, and I'm so so proud of you. That that it's about to be available to each and every one of us. Available today, actually. So, talk to us about where can we get the book. What kind of goodies you've got for us? All those things. Yes. Thank you so much. You have been an
0: incredible supporter of this whole process, and I literally feel like I could not have done so much of this without your advice and your well wishes. So, I really appreciate all of that. And for you having me on as well, I will say that everyone can get the go to fixyourperiod.com and there are all the booksellers on there listed on there for you to purchase, but you can also purchase directly from any bookseller that you would like to, especially the independent bookstores right now people support your independent bookstore. And then if you go back to fixyourperiod.com, just enter your receipt number, and your name and email address and I have tons of bonuses for the first week after the book is out you will be able to get my 14-day cleanse program a workbook which is like a cliff notes version of my 400 page book which i thought would be helpful for a lot of people as well as my period toolkit which has e-guides on vaginal steaming and seed cycling as well as living in harmony with your cycle cbd for your periods tons of different things there's also the audio and and the audio chapter of Um, or sorry,
1: the first chapter of the book in audio version that's also available to you too. Oh my goodness, all those bonuses. So I will have the link up. Again, you can go straight to Amazon. You can go straight to Books A Million. You can go straight to Barnes & Noble or to go to a local bookstore if, if they're open at this point in time or you maybe you can order online from your local bookstore as well. And then the link to go and get all the goodies is gonna be fixyourperiod.com. Super easy URL to go and check out. I will have all of these links. I have links to get the book directly. I'll have the links directly to Fix Your Period. Um, So you guys can go and grab it. This is a resource that you are not only gonna want for yourselves, but you are gonna want for your legacy. So for your for your for your children for your grandchildren. I mean, so many of our girls, if we can just set them up for success out the gate, oh my gosh, things will just look so different for them on that on a month-to-month basis and really just gearing them up for the rest of their life. Because when we are thriving, when our bodies are working properly, we can do anything in the world. That I believe to be true. And Nicole, you are such a testament to that. Oh, thank you so much, Marisa. Thank you again. Absolutely, honey. Thank you. And I'm so excited for your pub date. Congratulations. I love you so much, honey. Oh, I love you too. Thank you again. Thanks, honey. I cannot tell you how much gratitude I have for Nicole for sharing her truth about hormonal imbalances and teaching us how to understand some of the biggest, even uncommon root causes of irregular menstrual cycles, things that no one else is telling us. I always learn something new when I hang out with her and clearly we are besties because we are always on the same wavelength. Now I hope that we have gotten to the bottom of some of your biggest period questions and concerns. If not. Go and grab Nicole's book. I mean, she goes into liver pathways. She connects the dots with PCOS and thyroid function. I mean, it is all laid out in this beautiful book and it makes so much sense. I have been reading this book for weeks now because I got an early copy and this is one of the best, most comprehensive books I've ever seen on our menstrual cycle. So go and grab it and definitely go and tell a friend. The links for the books and all of the amazing epic bonuses that she created along with the book will. be in the show notes for episode 186. Again, the book is called Fix Your Period, or you can go to drmarisa.com slash podcast and find it there. And then also don't forget to grab the little essential oil cheat sheet that I created for you. That'll also be in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. I am coming back this Friday with another Q&A session, and I'm going to be addressing a question that comes up all the time, and that is what is causing my heavy periods and my migraines, and can hormones, mainly bioidentical hormones, help me? So I'm excited to come back for my second Q&A session. I hope you're enjoying those so far. I've only done one. This will be number two. I really want to be able to give you concise, specific answers about what is going on with your body. If you want to send questions my way, head on over to Instagram at Dr. Marisa and DM me. And I'm already starting. We're starting to collect a plethora of questions. I mean, I've been getting questions for years and these are some of the ones that I've gotten so many times, but I want to make sure that I'm answering your questions. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Dr. Marisa. and until then, have an amazing day. Bye.